being loud is the loud ones that are usually wrong. That's that's kind of what I'm referring to because, um, man, look, help desk could teach you a lot. And one of the most important things that help desk could teach you is for one, it teaches you how to troubleshoot on the fly because most help desks, especially if you're working for like a internet service provider, like a cable company, everybody has a cable company because everybody has internet. Those are revolving doors. And believe it or not, they usually pay fairly well just starting out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Textual Talk. I'm your host, HD. Man, y'all in for a special one today, man. We got D-Jax in here, a.k.a. Dalvin Jackson, a.k.a. Alpha Cybersecurity, and all the other money, because he probably going to get y'all throughout the podcast. But, you know, I ain't going to hold y'all long, man. Without further ado, let's get to it. I was going to say, is the audio choppy on my end, or is it? Is it? Nah, you good. Oh, okay. You you perfect. Um, All right. So, well, I was introducing myself. I'm sorry. So, yeah. uh, my name is Davin Jackson, also known as DJX Alpha on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am a pen tester, cybersecurity professional, and I run Alpha Cybersecurity, which is right now just like a media and content creation site. Uh, I blog about different cybersecurity topics, how to get into cybersecurity, pen testing, uh, tips and tricks or different cybersecurity things you could do in the office and at home. And I'm also the host of uh, InfoSec Unplugged, which is my weekly live podcast, which airs every Thursday on YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Um, I've, I don't even know how many episodes I'm in at this point, but um, yeah, I, I try to talk to different cybersecurity professionals from all over, kind of give their background and their expertise and their experience and try to give that that human feel, that human element to, to cybersecurity. And um, the reason why I do it live is to kind of give that that uh, like I said, that human element where people can actually reach out and comment and talk to some people that they felt like are you know hard to reach or gurus or whatever it is you want to call it in this field. So uh, you know, thank you for having me and glad to be here. Yeah, man, pleasure is all mine. Um, First of all, man, hats off to to you with all the live streams. I I like live streaming. Actually, is pretty fun. It's just for me. I know it's just very time consuming, and I'll probably eventually get to some more. But uh, you know, with the kids and stuff, just gotta gotta make do because they don't care nothing about no live stream. <laughs> no, a lot. It's it's a lot of work. Um, you know, you things happen on the fly. It's just like it's almost like when you're doing um a talk at a conference and. You know, as soon as you do a live demonstration, everything want to go wrong. I'm just about every week something's going on and I'm trying to keep a straight face while the guest is talking or whatever. But I'm like freaking out on the controls back here. But um, but like I said, it, it, it's it's a challenge. But um, like I said, I enjoy it. It gives that um, that interaction between, you know, uh, me, the host, the, the guest and, and the chat, the audience or my pack that I call them. So, yeah, it is time consuming. Um it's kind of once you get it, once you kind of get into it and get a feel for it, you know, things you'll, you'll get used to it. Yeah, man. Uh, hats off to you, man. I see, uh, I don't know what happened. I want to say maybe that, uh, try hack me stuff, you know, started just, I think that in the live streams just staying consistent. I, I saw your following really grow. So, uh, hats off to you for that because 
we all know that YouTube is probably like the hardest platform to master uh, in a sense because it takes more work. It's like a lot of people think it's a flash in the pan or I'm just going to go viral. It's like, nah, you have to be interesting enough for people want to subscribe to you. It's not like TikTok where you only got 15, 30 seconds to hold somebody's attention. That's easy. You know, and this stuff is hard. Yeah. And with that kind and with content like cybersecurity content, you know, it's a real niche space. So, you know, where I can, where someone can put some music on and dance or talk about a trending topic, you know, not everybody wants to hear about, you know, cybersecurity breaches or like, like you said, doing try hack me streams, you know, teaching people how to, how to get into cybersecurity or teaching people the tools and techniques. So you have to be, it has to, you have to be consistent as one thing to gain the following, but, um, we're all very, uh, we all have short attention spans. So, you know, to keep the, pe- to keep the people engaged with content, um, that, that's definitely been, been, uh, a challenge on, on YouTube. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, I think I was able to be, you know, I think in success is what you want to deem it as, you know, some people might say, Oh, you only got 3000, you know, subscribers. I'm talking about myself now, you know, you're not successful. You don't got 30,000. Well, I was like, but, just getting one subscriber is hard. <laughs> I know people yeah. who've been doing it, you know, struggle streaming and doing it for a while and just can't get people to to bite. And, you know, like you said, our stuff is harder because it's most of the time it's uh, educational. It's not foolishness, which is why, you know, I was cool with I never really was in, like trying to just chase all the numbers because I know if I provide value, people eventually will find it. And we also know in this space, most of us who tell the truth tend to not have the biggest following in the beginning. You know. Oh man, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. It, it, you usually it's the ones that are loud and wrong, but um, that 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 have the biggest following because of those echo chambers. But yeah, you like you said is it it's. It's about staying consistent and um, it's about the quality, you know. So um, I was told very early on, you know, don't worry about how many people are paying attention, but worry about who's paying attention. And honestly, I think I have I probably have less followers uh, or subscribers than you on my YouTube channel. But no, you got more. Oh, OK. I checked today. I was like, I, I said, you moving. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's like, you know, but, but that being said, um. I mean, it's the quality of the content, you know, so, yeah, you can you can have a lot of content out there. And if it's not quality content, you're not going to have those repeat followers. Also, you're not going to want to have the you're not your guests aren't going to want to to join the show. You know, definitely. I've, I've been lucky enough to have some some people who are um, I won't call them, you know, rock stars because we don't really like to use that term. But um, people that are highly respected in the field um reach out to me or, or agree to be on the show. So, you know, that tells me that, you know, I'm doing something right. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel the same way. Why not why you like these entire rock star? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people just like I I cringe every time someone says it in regards to me, right? Like I'm just like I'm just like the rest of everybody else. Like I'm I'm just here. I'm I'm a kid from Bridgeport just trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? And I just my my thing is the moment you start feeling like you know everything is that's when you're going to get complacent and and you're going to lose your spot. And um 
cybersecurity is a big enough is big enough where you no one person knows everything about everything. So you know when you have when you have people like I'm sorry when you have people like you know calling themselves rock stars or being referred to as rock stars, um, it depends on the person. You have some people who who take it and do good with it, and then you have people who because they have that following or they have that reputation or whatever you want to call it, they they are they tend to be the ones who are giving out the bad information or the gatekeeping and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, I I, 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 I move I move like I'm new in the field every day. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm cool with that because uh, uh, I mean I used to be a musician, so I associate being a rock star with that. And I know also like you just always got to practice and stay good. But the term I don't like, we're gonna we're gonna touch on this briefly, and then we'll probably circle back to it so we can get to some uh, more info is I don't like like right towards the end of the year, they started using these terms tech influencer. I don't like that term. I never came on Twitter to call myself a tech influencer because I didn't have brands, you know, telling me, Hey, we need you to do this to influence people to do this. So I don't like that term well, <laughs> at all. Um, I, I think, I think how that started, because believe it or not, there are actual, brands or platforms now that are trying to use people with those followings to be influencers, so to speak, but, but not in, not in the influencer, like, you know, go drink this flat tummy tea or, or right. anything like that. But it's more of a, you know, you should pay attention to this talk or you should pay attention to this. Or like when Log4J came out and everybody came out with, with content behind it, um, a lot of people started doing stuff with that. Um, I think with the thing influencer, um, there are some people who are in it for that very reason. There are some people um, trying to, I'm trying to behave myself. I said I was going to be better in 2022, but um, there are some people who gather up a big enough following and use that following for the wrong reasons. And they use that term influencer because that's what they're doing. They're influencing people to do different things. Like you might not have a lot of experience, but you're selling a course or you, you know, or, or you're referring people to, to, to take things that aren't going to really help them uh, progress in the field um, in a natural order, you know? So I think that's where that came from. Um, and people started taking it and running with it. But um, I, I just look at it like, you know what? If I influence somebody to do it the right way, does that make you know what I'm saying? Does I mean I guess I guess I am an yeah. influencer. You know what I'm saying? Like like if, right. like you you got people who 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 rely on you who can come to you and you'll give them your honest truth or your honest opinion on how they should move. And if it helps them, then you are you are a right. positive influence on that person. So um it's just it's just again, it's it's what you do. It's what you do with that word or what you do with that that responsibility. What they say in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And I I, for, I really believe that, especially with with the nonsense we've been seeing on social media. Um, right. you, know, you, you have a bunch of people who follow you or subscribe to you or whatever because they're looking for guidance. Now, should they look to Google for stuff? Absolutely. But... Um, the reason why people look to people like me or like you is because 
we've we've kind of been through it and my how i look at it is is if i can if i can teach you how to how to gain all the successes without hitting as many roadblocks or bumps in the road that i like i did then 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 so be it but um you know it's what you do with that is 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 what matters yeah, I, I definitely agree on that, and we'll probably we'll probably get a, a little spicy or on that um, <laughs> later. But you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about we'll we'll get into like early career, kind of like your kind of where you're from, your upbringing, and kind of what made you want to transition into tech. Um, so for me, like I I I knew I was always technically inclined, right? I my grandmother used to let me mess around with with electronics and stuff in her house when I was younger. Um, sometimes I was able to fix things. Sometimes I wasn't, but I, I just I just couldn't break it. Right. So if it was already broken and I fixed it, cool. If it was broken and then it continued to be broken, fine. But it couldn't be something that was good. And then I made it bad or otherwise I'd have all that smoke from from her. But, um, you know, I, I always was good with my, my hands and like to tinker and try to figure out how things work. And then, um, you know, you, you get older and you fall into the, you fall into the trap, you fall into the, you know, high school girls, sports, you know, money, whatever. And, um, I veered away from it. Right. And then I went into the military after high school. Um, I tried to go back into tech when I was in the military, but I got talked into doing the aircraft, being an aircraft mechanic. Um, I did that for four years, came home struggled to find work after I got out of, got out of the military and, um, really kind of hit like a, a fork in the road. Um, I was working that for, a an alarm company doing like their alarm installations and doing like, like home, like the, the very first, I guess, smart homes, you, cause they were real interactive, whatever. And, um, I remember asking my boss to register me as an apprentice because in order to get your license in a trade, you have to be registered as an apprentice and then clock in that time. I think at the time it was like four years before you could um, test for your license. And he looked at me and was like, why would I do that when I can just continue to pay you, you know, the little bit I'm paying you. And um, it was at that point I was like, yeah, I can't have nobody really dictate how I move in my career from now on. Like if, if, if I want to do something and progress, I, I'm not going to ask for permission. So um had a talk with my wife or she wasn't my wife at the time. And she was like, you know, what is this? What, what is something that you would enjoy doing if you could do it? I was like tech. But, um, you know, I was a new father um, and I didn't feel like I wanted to go to college and do four years. Um, for one, there weren't really technical fields in college other than computer science at the time. Um, and, and at the same time, I also didn't feel like I wanted to spend thousands of dollars on student loans and all of that and take a bunch of classes that was, that weren't going to help me achieve that degree. And I was kind of looking for something that was more direct. And that's how I got introduced to, to, to tech certifications. Um, so I started, started down that path. I started from the bottom, like a plus, you know, started with the A plus, worked up to network plus, security plus. Um, and then um, I had someone I was lucky enough to have someone in my class tell me like, yeah, certifications are great, but you got to find a way to get that hands on experience, too. And at the time, um, after I left, after I left the alarm that the, the alarm and home theater installation company, I was doing um, 
Fire Dog home theater installations for Circuit City. And um, an opening came up on their PC bench, their repair bench. And I went to the manager and I asked him, I said, well, instead of paying another guy fifteen dollars an hour, let's call it fifteen dollars an hour, why don't you just give me another two dollars? And when I'm not doing home theater installations, I'll work on the PC bench. Now he looked at it like, cool, I'm gonna save a bunch of money and I'm gonna have somebody. So now I'm getting two bodies for the price of one. But I looked at it like now I got my foot in the door because now I have that experience. So I, I worked I worked at Circuit City until they went out of business. What was it, about 2010? Two, about 2010, 2011. Yeah, it was about 2010 because my son was about to be born that year. So yeah, so I, I worked till they went out of business and then um I took that that year or so of experience and got a help desk job. And I see a lot of people, a lot of people right now um, are, are, are trying to talk bad about help desk. Remember what I said about being loud is the loud ones that are usually wrong. That's that's kind of what I'm referring to, because, um, man, look, help desk could teach you a lot. And one of the most important things that help desk could teach you is for one, it teaches you how to troubleshoot on the fly because most help desks, especially if you're working for like a internet service provider, like a cable company, everybody has a cable company because everybody has internet. Those are revolving doors. And believe it or not, they usually pay fairly well just starting out, but it teaches you how to troubleshoot. And a lot of those jobs, they have these cues and you have to keep, you know, you have to keep your troubleshooting under a certain queue. Otherwise you get a bad grade and that affects how you get paid, any raises. Some people can even get fired if they take too long. So it teaches you how to, how to troubleshoot, how to go through the quick troubleshooting on the fly. But more importantly, it teaches you those people skills. And see, we talk about in cybersecurity, you have to have good communication skills. There is no better on the job training than a customer service job and help desk is customer service while you're doing tech support. So a lot of so so for the people who are saying you don't need help desk or help desk is whatever or or it's stupid to go into help desk. I don't want to say they stupid for saying that, but they stupid for saying that because because it teaches you it 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 teaches you the 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 troubleshooting. It gives you the communication skills that are going to be transferable further on into your career, no matter what you do, because there's always going to be some type of customer service interaction. And most importantly, it gives you that ex- that that same experience that you need. Like you see the people talking all the time about, I want to get a job, but I don't have experience and I don't have experience because I can't get a job. Go take your behind at a help, go work at a help desk. Tell yourself you're only there for. Call, call it a year, right? Let's let's say a year max. And while you're there, you're taking advantage of everything that you can learn there. If if they have if they have a level one a level two or level three tier or however they however they do it m- try to move up why because now that's something that that's more skills you can transfer over so now if you want to move into cybersecurity and let's say you want to get a sock job you have that experience right there so um so yeah like I said so you 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 gain you gain that you gain that experience over time um, and that's what I did. I took these jobs, the jobs that nobody really wanted. Um, I worked, I worked tech support for a rehab facility, you know, like trying to just do things to gain that experience. But while I'm gaining that experience, I'm also reading up on my book. So when I was 
for example, when I was at Circuit City and I was studying for my A plus, I had my A plus book out and I had the piece and I had I had the, the the desktop tower right there. And I'm going, OK, that's this hard drive. That's a CMOS battery. That's RAM. That's this. That's that. And you use that. You use everything as a lesson to help you get, you know, build yourself up. Um, Like I said, after that, I, I moved around for a little bit. I ended up getting a job at a um, at a school system. And that's where that's where I kind of started to get really introduced into the security side of things, you know, doing a lot of preventative maintenance and vulnerability management. Uh, we were hit with ransomware, so I had to do that disaster recovery. Um, and and then from there, I wanted to be more proactive. So I learned about doing vulnerability assessments, which then led me to pen testing. And that, you know, the, the rest yeah. is history from there. You, you answered a lot of questions I was going to ask, man. Uh, man. It's crazy. Like every time I hear you mention Circuit City, I just remember like actually having a choice between Best Buy and Circuit City. Of course, they used to have like where I was from, they didn't have fries. They had a, they had it in Texas, but out there in Streetport, it was Circuit City by the movies. And then it was Best Buy down the street. And I actually used to like going to Circuit City more. Um, so salute to you for the for the grind and also pretty much letting everybody know that this thing ain't pretty. I mean, these people we sound like i sound like an old head like because like some of these guys now they have the luxury of like kind of not going through the same type of you know trouble that some of us went through because it's a little bit more accessible companies are a little bit more progressive now it's not as much even no people on twitter holler about gatekeeping it's not as much gatekeeping as it used to be because truth be told you can find info on how to even get into the field back then so I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it's a combination of a couple things, and honestly, I think the pandemic played a big role in it. Yeah. Um, hey, listen. Uh, yeah, I see. I like what you did there. So, um, <laughs> it, see, so the information is more accessible, yeah, because you have people who are willing to share it, right? So, talking about the gatekeepers back in the day, they weren't giving out that information. They they, they right. were trying to keep it to themselves, or they felt like you weren't worthy because of whatever that you weren't worthy to, to, to handle this information or whatever. So the information is more accessible companies. Um, they're a little bit more progressive, but I think because of the lack of t- talent and, and then 2020 jumping on top of it and everybody going remote and the great resignation and add that with the shortage of professional qualified professionals, it's the wild West out here. So you have tech companies who are probably willing to be you. You have some that are still like, this is what I want and will hold firm. But for those lesser positions, for those lesser roles, like those just starting out, those entry level sock roles or stuff like that, you have them trying to be a little bit more lenient and flexible and almost, dare I say, desperate to bring mm-hmm. in that talent. Because they have to, they have to fill those call centers. They have to fill those socks and those knocks. They have to. Um, so, the people who are just starting out, yeah, it's it's a little bit easier when you start to move up to mid level, senior level, and um, shout out to Ty Wilson because he 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 coined this on a stream one day. We were talking. And I've been saying it since. Um, the keyboard never lies. Right. So you can talk a good game about your experience. But once you get in front of that monitor and they tell you that you need to come up with X, Y and Z, and these are the results that they expect. Yeah, the keyboard will will reveal 
<laughs> who you are. So, um, so yeah, you have a you have a, a a combination of a bunch of things happening right now that are allowing people to come in at, at a less stressful rate than it was, you know, like you said, like back in my day, um, you know. But when if you want to advance, that's where the challenge is going to come, right? Right. I, I tell, like 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 we we've we've been in them debates enough already about um about getting the bag. Um, if you, if you finesse, if you finesse yourself and I don't want to call it the right way because it's not the right way, but if you finesse yourself and fake it till you make it, you might, you might stumble across a bag, but the name of the game is keeping it right. And see see what a lot of people don't understand is, okay, so you, you made it to six figures. Congratulations. What happens in six months when you can't live up to those skills that you said you could you would you would you're able to produce and you're working for a company and most companies now have a thing called at will employment where there's no mm-hmm. longer a probation probationary period, one warning, second warning, third strike, you're out. They can let you go tomorrow for no reason. But now what happens when you're in a space and those people communicate? See, tech, tech is huge. But cybersecurity is a subset of tech. Facts. And then different jobs in cybersecurity are a subset of itself. So I for example, I use um I use financial services, fintech, for example. So let's say you worked in a fintech space and you said, Oh yeah, I can I did this and I worked on PCI compliance and I did this, that, and the third. And a job lets you go because you're not living up to those standards. What are you going to do? You're going to try to go get another job in that same fintech space. Right. But now you're in a subset of a subset. So now these all, so now techs over at, at one at, at fintech company A probably know people at company B or probably have worked. They probably worked at both companies at some point. Furthermore, they have just like how we have meetup groups and, you know, groups like uh, Blacks in Cybersecurity or Black Girls Hack or our WECs or the Women's Society of Cyber Jutsu or Tech Sec Chicks. These companies also have their own internal meetup groups. I, I, I've I've seen groups of CISOs meet up every week, right? So what do you think happens there? Hey, you you know such and such? They apply for a job here. Oh, yeah, they used to work for me and I had to fire them because they suck at their job. Now you done blackboard yourself because you lied rather than putting in the work and just, you know, doing it, doing it the right way. So, you know. Listen, man, hang on. Let me let me give you some more gunshots. Because you you said a lot. I mean, we see it all the time. Like I, I said to somebody on a previous podcast or whatever, I work with people and I'm just like, who, first of all, who hired you? And I go look at your LinkedIn and see why you didn't last long at some places. And I'm like, why are you here this long? Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes like, I feel like a lot of people can get in here and do it. And then it's a combination of like effort. Like I can't coach or teach effort. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. Like one of the reasons why about my last like gig, I didn't want to get and like try to attend to manage the team was the fact that we had been there so long. I knew the personalities. I knew what type of pushback I get and, I knew I probably wouldn't get what I want if what I wanted to do. So I felt it'd be best that I not even try to do it because I had some people that just, 
you know, I I don't want to say this. I'll say it, but it's like some of them took, we had an awesome manager. She's like the a director there now, which another thing with people, when you, when you brought up how people talk and people know where you worked, it's very important that you go somewhere and work as hard as you can or work, do as much as you can, because you don't want to mess up those bridges because I can go back there now. If I say, you know, Hey Ash, you know, woo, woo, this company, I, it ain't panning out like I thought it was what you got open. Cause she was, she directly managed me. She know what I'm about, but some people don't do that and they don't realize how they messing themselves up and are already still fairly, I mean, you can call it new, but like, nuanced, smaller industry that people just exchange different companies and know each other. It's super small. Like I've worked places where people have worked at previous companies and they were a director and they knew me and let me get on. But uh, I think they took her management style a little bit for granted. Whereas with men, our tolerance is going to be a little low after a while. Mm -hmm. And since she was more nurturing, they kind of just took it for granted to kind of got towards the end where like when everything blew up, it's kind of like, you know, you, I'm, I used to sound an alarm or say like, Hey, these, these guys not cutting it. Like, I don't know what it is, but we need to do something before it's too late. And then we had a big incident. You know, you know, so like that video I made about like what they don't tell you about working in the socks. It's like, you know, yeah, it's about all this money and how fun and cool it is. You know, they ain't tell you about how everybody woke up and we got an incident and hopefully yeah. no, no data left out over something small. You know what I'm it's saying? Like to, it's time to work. It's time to work. Yeah. Right. And that's no, you go ahead. You got it. Yeah, that that's one that's that's the misconception that that I won't say it pisses me off, but you have people who are like, Yeah, this job, oh, I I, I want to get into tech or I want to get into cybersecurity because I heard you can make this kind of money. Yeah, you can make that kind of money, but what happens when, especially if you're in a corporate set, like you said, you're in a sock. So, you know, I know Blackberries are dead, but I remember I, I when I worked at it, my my job, and I had I had to support the the board for for the corp for the company, and and I was assigned like the senior vice president of 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 the finance group in that company, and I I was on his like we I was assigned a Blackberry, and he called me at all hours of the night, so I'm getting calls four o'clock in the morning because he's trying to connect to his VPN at home and it can't work, you know, and, and it's not working. Or he's calling me on a Sunday, you know, as I'm about to eat Sunday dinner because he, he's trying to get something done to send to his client in Japan and he needs help right then there, right there on the spot, you know, and sometimes it's stuff that it could honestly be fixed with a turn it off and turn it back on. Or did you actually check the settings? So now you're wasting my time, but guess what? You have to be available for that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I'm talking from, I'm talking from the tech support space, but now let's move into a cybersecurity space. Breaches and attacks are happening every day. So like, like we talked about, you know, you, you get it, you get an alert at the sock or I get a call right now that says half the company's hit with ransomware. We got to stop what we're doing. Right. And we got to tend to that and make and make it happen. And the family's got to understand and the, and and the family vacation or whatever it is you're doing that has to that has to take a hold. You know, that that gets put on pause because you have to you have to go earn this paycheck. Um, and the thing is, that's the good thing and the bad thing about being salaries like, yeah, we get paid. We get paid regardless. 
but there's no overtime, right? Luck you might you might find a you might find a manager who goes, you know, you put in you put in so much hours or whatever, you know, take tomorrow off or or I'll die, I'll do something to make it up for you. But but as far as actually getting paid hours, you know, paid a a, a a rate for this many hours of work, like overtime, that's not that that doesn't happen anymore with, with well. I will say with Optif, because I'm because tech I'm not in the sock set no more. I moved to like I'm in fintech now. I'm like with the tech risk. But the past company, well, I will say it was good about them while I try to get as many people I can on if they on this certain contract. Um uh what's the thing called? Shift differential was built into our contract, so you didn't have to worry about where they were night or day. You already got that built in. Then I angle I used to rack up, we used to get holiday pay. Well, holiday adjustment. And so if you worked the holiday, they threw it on there. So we didn't really get overtime, but we did get holiday adjustments and it came with other things. But like you said, they gave us a stipend every month for our phone and internet. So they expect, hey, when we hit you up on Teams, reply, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm telling people now, like when we had the incident, we had to let go like a, a three analysts, but they ended up going to different contracts, which left my team three people short. So when we had that bad snowstorm in Dallas last year, who y'all think was working overnight? And we draw straws. Oh, I'm working overnight. Who you think was working around the clock? Like, you know, uh, my girl's pregnant at the time. And then I had the the one-year-old. I'm up all night. Like, it's like 12 or something. Like, my boy takes me say, yo, look what just happened. Boom. Even though I went on, I immediately got on because I wanted to make sure I renew what was going on. But I had to get brief on Monday because it's going to take too long. So I was keeping up with everything. I had already worked all the alerts out. So I already knew. When it's going to ask me, like, well, what did we miss? In short terms, I told my manager, what we missed is they didn't care about the alert. They just BSed it like this person typically did. But I had to do a whole detailed thing going back behind other people's stuff, not to mention I had a lead role. So on top of trying to go back and do level one stuff, I still have to do my lead stuff. So let's talk about the fun stuff. And you got to be the one to present it to to the higher up afterwards, usually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but that yeah, when you get that on yeah, or or it's your weekend, right? Because a lot of companies have on call rotations, so you so you earn that money, right? You definitely um, you earn you earn that money, but but this is again, this is where knowing your craft and knowing you know knowing what you what you put out there or knowing the job you're getting into will be helpful because in those high stress situations, like you said, the magnifying glass is on you. So if you can't Trust perform me. in those, if you can't perform in them, them situations, them scenarios, what good are you? You're going to become an asset or a liability. So, right. So, so faking it till you make it, it never, it, it will never sustain. Um, I, I, I think about, I think about the, the, the incident the other day where somehow someone uh, got certified. What was it? The AWS solutions architect certification. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now that's now that's a that's not an entry level cert by any means, but this person got this as their first cert and thought they could get a job that would command the pay of $120,000 of as a cloud architect. This person had no IT experience whatsoever. You know what? While you're talking, I'm going to try to find that cuz this actually be pretty interesting to, so, so, to show. So so and then when it, when it, when it, when you did the digging, come to find out they were told by someone that this is all they needed. They just needed to get in the cloud and that be it. But like I said, they jumped 
they jumped ahead. They jumped up a cert because because the foundational cert for AWS is the certified cloud practitioner certification. But you also don't have any IT experience whatsoever. But you thought you you thought you'd be able to get a job, and then and now you're forced to go on LinkedIn to complain about you want to you're looking for an entry level cloud architect position, which there's no such thing. There's no there's no entry level cloud architect. That's like. That's like saying I want to be, you know, I, I want I want to be a a a a basic entry level senior engineer, like it's like it contradicts itself. But um, this is the, this is the type of information that's that's getting put out there, and these are the situations that people are putting themselves into. They're getting these certifications that are way too advanced for their skill set or their 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 experience level, and now those certifications are going to be nothing but um pieces of paper see you want to put the whole thing (laughs) and now you're on mute i was saying i'm going to uh i'm gonna probably black out his name but there's some of the stuff people face like if i come to people they'll go get some of these certs or whatever and be saying what's you know why nobody hitting my line and i'll be trying to tell them like the certs are cool, but that's not the end all be all. And I also tell people a lot of times how having a cert could sometimes negatively affect you in the interview process about how you can probably get interviewed a little tougher than you would if you didn't have a cert. Well, and and because they, the first thing they want to do is when they when they see a situation like that, right? And use it. And I I hate I hate to to use the brother as an example, but I'm gonna use him as an example. Um. When you see a situation like that, someone comes in with a solutions architect certification with no experience whatsoever. It screams paper certified to me, right? And paper cert, for those who don't know, paper certified is a phrase that I'm pretty sure it's it's self-explanatory, but um, you don't have any experience to go with that certification. So you just studied really well. Or, or, and I don't want to... Um, assume anything, but the assumption could then be that you paid for a brain dump somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. That, someone, that someone gave you the, the the questions for the exam, or so you just basically studied for the test. You didn't study what it really means. You didn't study the components. You didn't study the skills that needed to be done. So when, so if you do get into an interview, you have these people who. Honestly, I feel like is it's a waste of time, but you do have some people who go, okay, I'm going to bring them in here and I'm going to put them through the ringer. Um, is it fair? No. But at the same time, like you said, you put yourself at a disadvantage by saying, oh, I'm looking for this type of role and, I, and, I'm, cer- and I'm certified, but I have no experience. So now right. they're going to want to know, how do you have, how do you have that certification? Right. That's like, like, like you see, you see this one back here, like the CISSP, like, People are jump. People are being told that they can get into the game, get get into cybersecurity, and in less than a year they can get their CISSP. The CISSP alone, you have to have five years of experience. I might have to put Booker T right here five <laughs> <Yeah>. times. Five <laughs> times right? for real, you, man. You need to have five years in in each section of that certification, right? If not, you get what you can get the certification, but then you'll get what is called the associate, right? Associate, the associate of ISC squared to CISSP, right? 
because what's going to happen is you're going to get that certification or you pass the you pass the test because you study well and you could pat you pass the exam. And what they don't tell you is you actually have to get vetted by someone who has their CISSP to get the fully qualified certification. Right. So now when you go and say, hey, can someone can someone vet me and they go to vet you and they look at your resume and they see that the experience don't add up. What good is it? What good is it? So people trying to jump to these senior level certifications in the beginning, they're, 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 you're, you're stifling yourself. You're stifling Man. yourself. Honestly, you talk about the bag, you're fumbling the bag. You're fumbling the bag because you're spending all this money on these certifications because no company, no company in their right mind is going to give their junior pen tester going to pay for their junior pen tester to go take their CISSP. It's not going to happen. And we, and that's funny because we used to run into that when I was doing, when I was a lead at the SOC, like some people would want to say, oh, I want to do this training. And my manager's like, you want to jump to this training, but you don't even have your security plus. Why would we pay for that? Make it make sense. Or we have people take off a week because they want to take this freaking crash course on getting a CISSP and then they fail. Um, it's like, like, my question is, my question is, at what point did, at what point did certifications like, the security plus or the network plus ever lie to anybody. Right. So I, I say that because, and again, you've seen it. Uh, if you, if you go out there and say you can get the network plus is a good certification for network foundations, they immediately call you some type of paid endorsement from CompTIA or whatever. Or they tell you that you're lying to the people because they're saying, cause someone told them that the CCNA is what you need to do to get basic level networking um, experience which is ridiculous. Um, CompTIA, the whole purpose of CompTIA is the certifications are vendor neutral and they're a found and, and it's a foundational knowledge. There's right. unless you, unless you move into like the CASP or the CYSA, which are more advanced, right? Every certification for CompTIA clearly states in the, de- in, in, in the description that it's a foundational knowledge. So I tell people, if you, if you already know computers you really don't know, you don't need the A plus. But that's what I do too. Network plus, network plus, security plus. I get those two. Get those two, and then take a take a step back and realize and think about what you want to do next. If you want to move into Cisco security, then go get your CCNA security. Then that's fine. If you want to move into cybersecurity, well, where do you want to go into cybersecurity? You want to go into pen testing? Great. CompTIA has a pen test plus certification. You can get the CEH. If you have the opportunity to get the CEH, get the CEH. Now, the reason why I say that is, although. I think it's too expensive. That's why I said if you have the opportunity, I'm not telling you to come out of pocket. Right. But my but my thing is. Until. Certifications like the EJPT or Pentest Plus or even um, shout out to. The yeah, because they have um, e-learn security also has one for incident response, too. Right. So if you can grab those for a bunch for a lot cheaper, fine. The only reason why I said CEH is because it's a ne- unfortunately right at, at as of this time is still a necessary evil because jobs yep. are still looking for it. DoD eight eighty eight thirty still has it on their list of certifications. Mm-hmm. So, but I will say I could be wrong, but I, I remember I was listening to this somewhere. If you get the uh, CYSA plus, it'll be the same level of CEH, and it's cheaper for that. Well, you you said DoD. Um, it's like eighty-eight thirty. Yeah, I think it meets that criteria for that. Yeah, so y'all can so, look it up if I'm wrong. 
So there, yeah, but but that but that's that's that is the only reason why I would still say not eighty eight thirty. Jeez, what am I thinking? I think it's was eighty five sixty. 8570. Yep, DOD 8570. Um, those are the baseline certifications. But yeah, C- yep, CYSA Plus is, is approved for IAT level two. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, if, so you may not need it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I had, like I said, I, I had an opportunity presented. I got a whole video on, like, I filled it and it's trash. <laughs> it's really only because I studied for the wrong version and took it. And you know what I found about uh, EC Council is when they push, push the new version out, they're trying to see what questions work and what don't. Mm-hmm. So none of the stuff that I studied in the other one was really in that one. So I was like, bro, this this right here, this not it. And see, after that, I was like, I ain't wasting 500 on it again. Yeah. No, I said I had an opportunity to get it. Um um, I got it. I took a course with it. Um, I had already read, read up the books, you know, read the books on it. And I was like, I need to get the certification to get to, to move on. At, this, at that time, I was still at the school system. And um, I had saved up a bunch of money over time because right. they had uh, reimbursed me for every time I got every time I passed the certification. So I got like six, seven certifications for three hundred dollars. Because and I, I borrowed money to take mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent the three hundred dollars the one time to get the books and to pay for the exam voucher. Um, I passed it. They reimbursed me. I put it towards another one. And this is when I was in tech, so it was all Microsoft certifications. So I was I was doing all the stuff to get my Microsoft um, MCSA uh, or whatever. Yes, yeah, MCSA or MCITP um, for Windows Windows Seven at the time, and then like Windows Server. So I so I got all of those to get those uh stacked certifications. But um but yeah, like I said, you you know, you 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 learn, you you figure out what it is what you want to do and you find the best course of action and then what you do is when you get your foot in the door and you get these companies see if they'll reimburse you. See if there's some, you know, if, if there's some type of help or assistance because these certifications aren't cheap. Um and when you do it within the right time, you're building yourself up. So rather than rushing to get your CISSP six months in, no, get the five years of experience. Because if not, you're still going to spend five years trying to gain that experience to get the real certification. Because no one's going to look at the the, the associate and go, oh, well, they have their associate CISSP. So here's this senior level, you know, here's this senior level role. No, they're going to look at it and say, well, you have the associate's level because you don't have the senior level experience. So why would I pay you senior level money? So. Just, just earn it. What's going on? Oh, well, I don't know. This thing's not playing. But I also say that uh, when you get the experience, you ain't got to apply to job some more. They come find you. Or somebody you know send them to you. I remember I sent one your way. I was like, shoot, you might be interested in this. So yeah. that's the thing. Someone, I think someone scooped me up right I, like as I put in the feeler, and it was like I got I got I, I got offered something else. Yeah, and it's crazy because what they don't know that we know is that we could tell who's faking too. Like I I, I got to go back whatever video I did about the girl who just. Hey, look, if you're going to lie on your resume, make sure you know what lies you put on there because you make yourself look real bad if you lied and then you don't even know the stuff you even got on there. That's just, you know, that's just crazy. I keep telling telling this story over and over again because it was the one, it's the one that stick with me. We were, we were hiring for a pen tester 
And this dude came in out of college and he was acting like he was God's gift of hacking, man. Like he came in and was like, I, I'm proficient at everything. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, well, this is more of a web app pen testing role. And he was like, that's my favorite. I, that, that's my preference. I love web app pen testing. So we're like, all right, cool. So he comes in for the interview and um, I just asked him some simple questions and he couldn't answer the questions. Like I asked him, I said, okay, so explain to me how uh, SQL injection works. Now I'm not looking for you to tell me word, uh, letter by letter the, the SQL right. query, but tell me how you would test to see if the vulnerability exists, right? So typically they would say, okay, I'm, I'd find an input box and I put in a single quote or whatever and see if it returns an error message. Or I do a union select or whatever. I look for a parameter in the URL. You know what I'm saying? Like these are certain things that you would just kind of look for if you want to test certain vulnerabilities. He couldn't tell me. He was like, I'm not familiar with SQL injection. I'm like, okay, so you're not. <laughs> you're not One not of the easiest injections. Well, up up until up until late last year, SQL injection was the number one vulnerability in most web applications. I'm pretty so sure. I bet especially for Word WordPress stuff, wasn't it? So, so, so SQL, I mean, and I think now with the new OWASP top 10, it's number three for the web applications and number eight for APIs. But um, he couldn't answer that. So then I said, okay, well, um, explain to me some of the different features in Burp Suite. He couldn't answer that question. I said, okay, fine. You don't know Burp Suite? <clears throat> All right. Well, maybe you use OWASP Zap. Tell me what you can do in OWASP Zap and the difference between OWASP Zap and Burp. And he couldn't answer that. So I'm like, okay, how are you doing web app pen testing? How, what are you, what are you testing for? Um, because those two are the proxies that are the two main proxies that you would use in a web app pen test. So right. immediately it was like, all right, cool. You, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. And going back to what I said earlier, where some people look at that as like, like blood in the water and their sharks. And my coworker started, well, what's cross-site request forgery? Or explain to me the difference between DOM-based cross-site scripting and reflected cross-site and and like, you know, and he he felt like he would, he did that because he was wasting our time. But it's like these are the things that I tell people. Like it it helps to know these things, or it helps to be honest. Like you can honestly sit here and say, you know what, I don't know that. But give me a second to get, get, get give me a chance to, to figure it out and I get it back to you. But don't go in there and basically say, like, I know everything. And then, you know, you you can't answer a single question. Right, man. <laughs> I was trying to find a funny sound to play for that. And now it's, <laughs> everything's stupid. Like I was trying to find that, um, you know, when you down Super Mario Bros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know that had to be him right there. Cause I honestly don't know what people are thinking, especially here's me. If I was lying on my resume, I apply for the most entry level thing. People be trying to go for the for the cream of the crop roles and trying to do entry level. And I'm like, fam, like just start off like it and and build your way there. Y'all trying to do the most with people who've been doing this. And so of course they're gonna get offended because people worked hard for it. Let me see if this works now. But no, uh, you know, we, we live we live in a time of instant gratification where a lot of people want all of the all of the perks and all of the accolades, but don't want to do half of the work. Man, listen, uh, and 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 it's and it's crazy because I never thought I would be that person. As like I said, that's like screaming back in my day. But I'm year 
16, 17 in. And you talk about the bag. I didn't make six figures about until about half, no, more than halfway into my career total. Right. Not just in cybersecurity, like because the first half of my career was building up from help desk to tech support to sysadmin. And I didn't make six figures there. I didn't make six figures until I got into cybersecurity. And right. actually, my, my first cybersecurity role was still a shy under, it was still just under six figures. But, um, you know, so many people want to just look at it like I can just get six figures and, and I can do it faster than what people are telling me because that's, the, you know, their gatekeeping. If by, by, <laughs> by me telling you, it's going to take you probably a good three to five years, right? Right. Of solid work before, right. before you're, before you, you, you can really start seeing over six figures. Right. And I'll say the only way you do it before then is if one, you had internships, two, you really have tremendous value and three, you have a good network. Yeah. Or, or cause like, like or you can be like some people like who found, you know, who found their niche and, and they're just almost like savants at it. Like, like, for example, if you can, if you going back to what I was saying about customer service and help desk stuff and learning those tangible skills, those communication skills, if you can write really well and you could do technical writing or you can do GRC, like writing for GRC and compliance stuff. And you, like you said, getting those internships and getting that experience and having some people that can vouch for you and you and you have a proven track record, yeah, you can <laughs> you can make that you you can make it in three to five quick. But when you start getting into the technical side of things, you you have to take that time, right? You have you you have to because when you get into those roles where, like for example, where you're at or where I'm at, um. They're paying you to know what to do in certain situations. They're not. They're not paying you to to spend a day googling. Don't get me wrong. You're gonna. You're gonna. Use you're gonna Google every day. But they're paying you because they 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 figured you've done enough googling over time to to amass this this wealth of knowledge that's going to help them help the company succeed. Or definitely, or if you don't have the answer, you know exactly where to get the answer, and you know how to Google. Because that's the other thing that people don't people just look at Google or whatever. But it's a way. Yeah, there's there's a way to make it to make it work for you. Like I've gotten jobs, or I've gotten I've referred people who I said, you know what, they don't know this right now, but I know they can get the answer, so I'm going to take a chance on them. Right, and like. For me, I know right now I'm put I was specifically put on the help with the project because of my previous experience with the particular software at my last company. And oh, you know how to do this and that? Oh, you've been working with, you know, with Phantom? Ooh, cool. So I mean, that's the thing where like people like chase the experience uh over the certs because that's gonna take you farther. Like, yeah, you can a cert not telling you, oh, I might mention SOAR, but it ain't telling you on the back end on how you're gonna need to you know work with it or you know what i'm saying you ain't never sniffed the edr <laughs> tool look i'm gonna tell i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest and and i don't want to come off like i'm being cocky right i've done enough i've i've done enough work and i have enough of a track record that speaks for itself that i am no longer worried about 
finding another job. Right. And this comes with doing the work and putting in that work over time. Right. Because if my company goes under tomorrow or there's layoffs or whatever tomorrow, it's going to hurt. Right. It's going to suck. But I know within the within the, within the month, I'll land back on my feet. Because I have I have the certifications, but I also have the experience to back up my certifications. You can't get that. You can't get that shortcut in your way through through this field, right? Because it's not only the experience and the and, and, and the, the work that you're missing out on, it's those connections. It's 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 things that you can speak to, right? Like it's content you can create. Like you're doing, you have this, you have your YouTube channel and a blog and stuff. I have a blog, you know. These are all things that help boost your resume and your brand because at the end of the day, we all work for different companies, but as cybersecurity professionals, we're our own brand because we can go out and contract on our own or right. we can we can sell ourselves to the highest bidder. And that again, that field because of the field that we're in, because of the lack of qualified talent, it's to our advantage to know as much as we can and be as experienced as we can, because now we can bring that into any build, any company and say, we know our worth. See, when you don't, if you don't put in the work or you don't have the experience, you don't know. They won't know what it takes to be in a sock. They don't know what it takes to be on a, to, to, to do a, to do a web app pen test. They don't know what it takes to, to, to configure network switches or any, or routers or anything like that. They just know what they read in a book or what someone told them and what they saw in their six months to a year. So now I can walk in there and say, this is what I want based on the market, based on my experience. What are you going to do for me? Thanks. They ain't seen CrowdStrike blow up because somebody blocked the, uh, a hash for uh, File Explorer and it went to like 6,000 alerts in like a minute. And now everybody on Mayday and they, they ain't never seen that stuff. So experience is always the best teacher. I'll segue into this though uh, for the viewers. So how long have you been in offensive security on that on that side of the uh, the spectrum? Um, pretty much my whole, the whole time I've been in cybersecurity. So I said, we're in 2022 now. So about seven, seven, eight years. Okay. Maybe a little bit more. I, I, I try, I, the, the crazy thing is I actually wanted to get into, uh, uh, digital forensics and, and, and that's so hard to do. That's so hard to get into in the beginning. But I, I, I loved it. I like so I, I I got I got my foot in the door as a pen tester. I was doing pen testing for about a year and a half. And then um I looked up some digital forensic stuff. Uh, mainly because again, I when I was working in the school system, I was introduced to um I was introduced to a couple people who worked in digital forensics and I just thought it was like I just thought it was cool to kind of put yourself in a situation and kind of almost see what the person was thinking. Right. Um, so we see on CSI and, and numbers yeah. and all the other shows that they um, uh, Mr. Robot, where they try to make all the stuff seem super easy. Right. But so so what I did was and, and then but my thinking also was if I made if I taught myself forensics, it would make me a better hacker because from the hacker side, I would know what to avoid or what 
the forensic person would look for, be it logs or whatever, system alerts or whatever. So I would know how to try to, you know, a- avoid those things or circumvent them. Or do I need to kill the logs if before I do anything so that when they go to look at the logs, they don't see any trace of me being there. And then from the forensic side, I felt like, well, that would also sh- uh, sharpen that those skills because now I'm thinking outside of the box from a forensics like a hacker. So I'm like, okay, well, if I was hacking this, this is what I would do. But I would also do that because I knew the forensics guy would be watching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I, I did that and um, I took a course on it and um, actually took like this practical exam where they gave you a case that you needed to follow. And you had to do everything from like following the chain of custody, um, signing out the evidence and all of that and going through this whole case file. Yeah, because they can throw it out in court if you didn't do stuff right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if if you if if you so much is if it was signed out on a day that do, that isn't in the log, it's inadmissible because now the the, the chain of custody is broken, mm-hmm. right? So so you have to so you have to sign it out every time. Like every time I went to work on it, I had to sign it out. And when I was done and I had to sh- shut shut off my VM for the night, I, I I had to write it up like I signed it back in. Um, but you go through that whole process and then you 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 do the whole forensics. You run like autopsy and stuff like that. And you go through the whole process of finding whatever information you needed to find to help the prosecutor prove their case in court. Um, so I, I loved it. And then when I, I wanted to transition into that field, um, but when I was living in the Northeast at the time, they said uh, in order to do that, I would have had to work with law enforcement. And that wouldn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I so I went back so I went back to pen testing, um, but like I said, I I I, I still keep it, I still keep an eye on it. I still keep you know I still pay attention to it when I can. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've been doing offensive stuff since then. So I've been like a pen test. I started off doing um like network infrastructure pen testing. So you know internal network, external network, um, Active Directory. I did a little bit of Active Directory. And then um, we also did physical pen testing. So we got to like break into buildings and stuff like that. And then I moved. Yeah, man. Yeah. Then I moved over to web app and I've kind of been doing a combination of web app and, and mobile app ever since. And now um, I moved into like, it's still doing mobile apps, but I'm, I'm mainly doing like API stuff now, which is like the new, the new frontier for application pen testing. So uh, that I'm working on creating content and stuff around API pen testing right now. Nice. Um, so I was going to ask you, because it's one of the ones I typically try to ask everybody. Because you're in a, the part of cybersecurity that actually is super competitive and everybody think they want to do the wild, wild west. Uh, so I ask you two questions. If somebody wants to get started in the red team, what would you advise them to do? And also, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that uh, newbies have about being on the red team? <laughs> Oh, so those those questions are one and the same. Uh, they can be answered at the same time. So, starting with the misconception first, um, a lot of people think the mis the one misconception is they think that the the hacking stuff is easy because, like you said, they 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 glorify it on TV. Um, Mr. Robot, awesome show, probably some of the most accurate depiction of hacking that's been on TV in the history of doing hack showing hacking on TV. Um, but people really think it's that easy. That, oh, I can just run a couple buttons here and there. And don't get me wrong. There are a lot of automated apps, right? There's a lot of automated tools and scripts and you have script kitties out there. 
that can automate a lot of the pen testing stuff from the push from the from a couple keystrokes. But it's a lot of work. It, it's definitely a lot of work um, to understand what's going on. It, it is one thing to know what what Metasploit module does, whatever. But it's another to know why it works, right? So you, in those scenarios, you have to know why I'm going to run an Nmap scan or why am I looking at this port in particular or why is this vulner- why is this vulnerability actual actually vulnerable to this exploit um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of reading and a lot of stuff that goes on um, behind the scenes that you don't see from a pen tester's perspective the other thing the other misconception that people have when it comes to pen testing and ethical hacking is they think that that's all they do believe it or not <laughs> pen testing is probably I'll say 30% of what you do because the rest of it is broken up to getting, getting the permissions, getting, you know, the scope and arguing with the client or whoever remediations, right. Report writing, you know, writing, up, right. writing up. And that's why I kind of tell people sometimes it was like, you think you finna go in there like, a, you know, you finna be a Jedi, you know what I'm saying? And, and just take your lightsabers out and fight. But it's like, it's actually way more documentation than you think it is. Even the simple things as you guys have to notify us, hey, we yeah. running a, a pen test today, uh, you know, from this uh, source IP. This will be us doing this. This will be us doing this. And we have to and we have to respect the rules of engagement. We have to respect the scope. So we have to make sure that the IP list that we're scanning is the actual IP list, because God forbid you off by one number. So let's say you're supposed to do one nine two one six eight one dot one hundred and you do one dot one oh one. And that's out of scope. You can you can get in trouble for that. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you make make you know. So there's a there's a lot that goes into into being a pen tester. Um, and as far as getting the, uh, if someone were to ask me about what, what to do to gain the experience, like I said, network plus and pen, uh, network plus and security plus to start with the foundation network plus, because the foundational knowledge you get for networking is crucial because you have to know basic subnetting. You have to know TCP and UDP ports. You have to know the port numbers that, that are designed, that are assigned by default. Um, why? Because, you, so, so, for example, if you see you're, you're running a scan and port 22 is open. All right, cool. SSH is open. Let me see if I can find some default cred for SSH or port 25. or oh, that's SMTP. You know, so these are things that you learn in networking. Um, Security Plus gives you that foundational knowledge and you can move on to a pen testing certification like a pen test plus EJPT, um, CEH, whatever. Right. Uh, PMPT. I'm going to keep uh bringing up that one because that's another one that's a really good one and it's actually affordable what's that one stand for i never heard of it uh, uh pmpt is uh it was a practical network pen testing uh uh cyber mentor heath adams um actually created that that certification okay cool. um but getting that experience getting those certifications and then after that, it's all hands-on. And most of the stuff you can do hands-on on your own. You can build your own lab. You can go to sites like Try Hack Me or Hack the Box. Or uh, if you want to learn web app pen testing, you can look at Pentester Lab or Port Swigger's uh, Web Security Academy. Um, I usually tell people to build out their own lab first and download some machines from VolnHub. VolnHub is a website is just it, it, where everybody puts like their vulnerable CTF machines and you can... 
you can try to root them. And the reason why I tell you to start there, start there and also look at, um, was it over the wire? Um, cause that teaches you like basic Linux commands, but, um, Vone hub, I tell people to get those, start with those and actually Google some walkthroughs. Cause you're not going to know how to get root on the first machine. You, you, you start. And a lot of people think that because of that misconception that pen testing is easy. Mm-hmm. And now when they get stuck, they immediately get discouraged. So it's like, no, grab, grab a blog, grab a walkthrough video or something and follow, see what they did and compare and contrast to what you did. Maybe they did something different or may, and, or they can explain why, where you were stuck. And then, and then as you progress, start using the walkthroughs less and less gain that experience. Like I said, look at try hack me. A lot of people are saying, um, hack the boxes for entry level. Now, uh, shout out to Kim Crawley. I know she's, she does some work with them now, but, um, I typically tell people do hack the box. Once you get a little experience on once you get that experience of the basic tooling and the basic foundations of pen testing, um, and like get 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 the hands-on experience for about like like a good three to six months. Um, and then the other thing I recommend is when you're doing those machines, write up what you're doing. Because what you can use those for, for one, you could use those as references. You can use those as references back to, to stuff for your own notes. And your resume. You can create a blog. I was going to get there. You can create a blog or 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 a YouTube channel with the walkthrough. That's going to help other people, and that's also going to build your brand. But you can use that to help pad your resume. What I tell people is, when you go in for that interview, bring a couple walkthroughs with you, and ranging from different levels of difficulty. Right. So you can get one that's easy, find one that's medium, and find one that's hard, or find one that's really hard, and hand that to your interviewer. Right. A lot of people are doing virtual meetings now. Email it to them. Why? Because now it shows your it shows your thought process through the through the the CTF exercise. But it also shows your knowledge to to what you're doing here. And sometimes that that will that will um, satisfy the interviewer enough where if they were going to give you a technical interview. Or they give you a hands-on interview, like, oh, here, try to get root on this VM. Now you satisfied that by showing them, okay, now I actually know what I'm doing here. And if you can speak to what you know, you know, that that that's that's a that's a cheat code right there. Like a lot of people don't know that, you know, bringing that with you can 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 sometimes be, you know, the deciding factor in whether or not th- that's gonna give you a leg up against whoever else is interviewing for the role. Right. And um you, you dropped a lot of gems right there because one of the reasons why I also tell people, hey, start documenting if they're new is because it's going to help you get very comfortable explaining these new things in interviews. Because a lot of times, you know, sometimes you just get nervous yeah, and you learn the new stuff. But if you get documented enough, you kind of remember what you wrote about it and you can talk about it in great lengths to where you seem like, you know, you might be a pro now. And that's one of the good reasons I know for me. Like some of my, which I got to get back to doing a little bit more technical stuff would be trying to give all this good regular content. But like when I was just trying to find something different, I sent them that uh boss of the sock video I did with incident response with Splunk. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to like the recruiters and they were sending it to the interviewers. So you can see what I'm doing because I'm talking through the video of like what I'm looking for, what I found. And those are some simple ways that will help you like stand up because everybody's not going to do that. Like you said, right. you're going to have these people that's trying to act like they know what they're talking about and they really don't. Whereas right. if 
some of the stuff that might take you some time to put the work in on the back end will eventually pay off for you. If you go ahead and put the hard work in first, you'll eventually land some, find a company that's the right fit that likes all the stuff that you're doing in your, you know, in your off time, because not only they looking for a worker, but they may want an ambassador. They may want a leader. They may not want somebody who, when they have the means, they're just going to be quiet every time. They want somebody going to speak up. So, it's a lot of nuance when it comes to hiring, I guess, like different people. I know we've all worked with various type of different uh, personality types and, you know, but I'm, I'm glad you said that. I hope that people took their pen and, you know, paper out when you said that, because I know for myself, when I would talk to people, like they were all trying to go red team like first. And I'm like, you know, you got to put some work in. I was like, cause it's super competitive. I mean, just like, it's crazy. Cause at first, it used to be like just super competitive for blue, uh, red team. And then now you see like blue teams getting competitive and now they got what you call a uh, the purple team and yeah. whoever it's like, everything is getting like super uh, competitive now. And so now you just got to find those little things that's going to set you apart from the other applicants. Man, you got, you got to see, it's all about where you're comfortable too. Right. Cause I mean, uh, it, there's a lot of people who they say they want to get into pen testing, but don't really know what, what it entails and might be strong, might be strong doing digital forensics. Or you have someone who might want to do, think they, they'll be great in a sock, but actually probably are better off doing, you know, governance, risk and compliance. Right. So it's all, it's all about taking that, taking that time for yourself and, you know, really assessing yourself and being honest with yourself because, Let's face it. There are some people who aren't built for this type of work, right? <laughs> um, no matter what side of the team, whether you red team, blue team, purple, whatever. There's, I, I feel like there's, we all have this same trait where it's almost like this, this itch in the back of our head that that's curious, that always wants to know why something is the way it is, or what happens if I do something different, or. Okay, if if it's expecting this, let me throw this at it. If it's expecting an integer, let me throw let me throw a string at it. If you know whatever, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have you know if if you don't have that curiosity, and you don't have the the patience to do the research and do the work and you know build up your craft, you're not going to succeed. Um, if you don't like to read, you're not going to succeed. Right. I, 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 that's, I that's fundamental. Yeah. I tell people that all the, like I, I was talking to one person one time and he was like, man, I, I want to do all of this, but I don't want to be reading all day. And I was like, then you might not want to be. This ain't for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, some of the simplest things, some of the simplest alerts that I worked on before could have been finished if somebody would actually took the time and read through it and then did some research. It's a yeah. quick amount of research to figure out what it was instead of sending it to me. I'm like, did you, what did you look at? You didn't put any documentation though. So that's how I know you didn't really do it. So I'm going to send it back to you and you're going to do it. Cause I'm not finna yeah. play clean, clean up for y'all no more. Nah, you can't man. You, you like, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to do out here. So it's like everybody, everybody, if you're going to be in the field, you know, you got to do your part. Um, yeah, man. Whether you're on a, whether you're on a, one of the development teams, whether you're red team, blue team, whatever, everybody has everybody has a role to play and a position to play in it. And uh, until we get that together, you know, we're going to see more ransomware attacks. We're going to see more phishing, uh, you know, phishing expeditions successful. We're going to see we're we're going to be in more mandatory trainings. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be, be, so more security awareness as as much they try to jazz yeah. it up, and you can't turn the volume down. Don't get me wrong; it's it's job security for me, but Facts. but uh, you know you 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 you're if you want to succeed in this field, you're gonna have to you're gonna be out of your comfort zone. You're gonna be out of your depth. You're gonna you're gonna struggle. Um, and this is where I tell people to remember their why and their why has to be strong enough to be able to persevere through that. Right. Like you have people who sit there and say, I want to get into cybersecurity because I heard you can get the bag. But guess what? There are times where the bag might get you <laughs> not even the bag might get you. There are times where, you know, I, 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 how many times I've contemplated walking away. <laughs> right. Like like sometimes the bag isn't worth it. The bag isn't sometimes the bag isn't worth the stress. The bag isn't worth the imposter syndrome. The bag isn't worth right. the physical and mental toll that you t- that 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 it takes on you when you're and, and when you're doing certain things. Sometimes you know, money is crazy. It's cliche, whatever. Sometimes money is not everything. So hey, you know, that's facts, man. You know, like to me, where I'm at in my career now, like I've actually turned down big money jobs because I care more about quality of life and work life balance. Right. Like, right. You, you, like you said, you got you got kids. I got kids. My kids are my kids are are, are getting older now. So now, you know, they're getting to that age where they're going to probably want to be around mom and dad a lot less. You know, so now I and, and these transitional times. So now any job I take, I'm like for for one. I'm like, look, my I'm like Big Red from Five Heartbeats. My office hours are from mm-hmm. <laughs> nine to five, right? And then after that, if I want to do stuff like this, if I work on my own content, if I if I just want to sit on my behind and just watch TV, I have that ability now. Whereas in the past, it was all about working as much as you can, twenty four seven, you know, whatever. That's Shoot, that's me now. We get into it now. I'm like, listen, I gotta. These next couple of years, I got to do all this crap. And then I'd probably yeah. be sh- straight because I didn't put out my foundation. I was like, the early years is the, the hardest ones when you're trying to start something new. But I was like, eventually, you know, once you did what you have to do in the beginning, you kind of on a, you know, autopilot automation a little bit. You got assistance. You can, you know what I'm saying? You can go speak. And it's a whole bunch of other stuff you could, you could start doing when you, you know, when you're the, the, the marketer, when you are the graphic designer, when you're the planner, the strategist, the content creator, the producer, like all these different hats. Like, you know, I don't, you know what? Let, let's segue into our last, let's segue into our last one. Cause I, I just thought about something. People tend to think, cause we talked about this earlier about everybody can just, oh, I'm just going to make me a YouTube or I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. The real content creators that's actually putting out real content know that it's not that easy because you you got to do a whole bunch of different crap to get it right. Like you said, you were trying to, you had to keep up with the Evan and Cyber, which, you know, on top of working and having kids and everything. And that was a lot. Or, you know, once you get to a certain level on YouTube, looking at your analytics, like, dang, everything down. I need to push these videos. I got to, hey, I need to edit. I need to snippet these. I need to, what else can I think about? Oh, let me script out this video. 
oh, okay, I need to get my backdrop and stuff better. I need to do this and that. How do I, you're constantly researching, how do I get better? How I make thumbnails get better? How I make my voice get better? How do I get more people to watch? Like all these different things that go into it is not as simple as, if we were just talking about some stupid stuff, I can go talk yeah. about some 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 celebrity stuff and, and get views. Man, but when you actually trying to put stuff out, or and it's just one part, it's not even... You know, oh, okay, I got to do this consultation. I got to meet this client. I got to do this resume. I got to do this and that. Oh, I got to finish my ebook. Oh, I got to develop this course. Like all different crap that we are oh, working I gotta, on. Oh, oh, oh I, I got a wife and kids. Let me go spend some time with them. Oh, oh, no, not even that. This one we didn't, we didn't bring up because we was talking about it so much earlier. Oh, I got to study for this certification I, I, that I scheduled that I, that I got to take on Wednesday. <laughs> that yeah. I, You know, like all this different crap like you got to do, you know what I'm saying? Because I think that's what it is. People always look at, oh, well, you know, maybe they shouldn't be getting paid as much. Like, we we got to do so much mentally to stay on top of the game to make sure we can keep on getting paid. I'm like, what do you expect? Like, stuff keep on changing. You can't, it ain't like a, you know, no offense to, to Blue Car, because I come from a Blue Car family, but you can't just put your hat on, on the shelf. Yeah. Like, you got to no, keep I mean, on getting better. So, for for example, um, I, I just talked about transitioning into API security and API pen testing. A few years ago, that there was it, it. I wouldn't say it wasn't a thing, but it wasn't its own entity, right? It was right. a subset of web app pen testing. So if you came across an API, it was like, all right, whatever. Now APIs are prevalent. APIs account for ninety percent of most web applications out there, and I think Gartner predicted that APIs are going to be the most frequent used attack vector for malicious attackers, right? So now, what happened? everybody, that, that whole thing transitioned. Uh oh, now we got to move over here. Look at the cloud. Right. Everybody yeah. was looking at on-premises servers and stuff like that. Then the cloud came and now everybody's like, oh, shoot, now I need to learn how to move to the cloud. So it's it's constant training and retraining and, and staying relevant because one thing you can't do. I mean, what what's more? The, the, what, the, what is Moore's law? Moore's law is that all technology becomes relevant around 18 months. Right. The, the, you should follow that same mindset. And I think it's got a little bit quicker now. Yeah, but you you should follow that same mindset in tech in in your tech career. You, you so got to. If, if things if things are ever if things are ever changing, you need to be ever changing with the with the changes that's happening. Otherwise, you're gonna fall behind. What what good is someone who says I'm certified in Windows Server 2012 when now that certification doesn't even exist anymore and everything moved to the cloud? So now you should be Azure certified. So now right. you done made yourself obsolete. So, right. you know, that's, and that's one thing. Go ahead. I was going to mention something real quick. When you brought up the API thing, it was something small but simple. But I was like, shoot, people getting hacked now by scanning QR codes. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like so so you, you five years ago, that wasn't a thing. Now you have to worry about th- th- that technology. You have to worry about, you know, we're talking about moving into the metaverse. What, what, what? That's a, I think metaverse, uh, Internet of Things, security, like, what challenge, is different. what challenge is that going to bring? You know what I'm saying? But um, but to create the content around it, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it, it's really difficult because, like I said, it's it's a niche it's a niche space. So people who are looking to YouTube on, like you said, the latest gossip or whatever, they're not going to stumble across cybersecurity stuff, right? Whereas I can go on YouTube and I can see highlights from a sports game or whatever, whatever the algorithm desires. But if you're not someone who's interested in tech, our content will never fall on 
your front page of YouTube unless we go super viral. And usually then it's an anomaly. It's a glitch in the matrix, right? Right. Um, or you got to be a pretty girl. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, and then... I mean, woman, I'm sorry for the people come for me, yeah. pretty woman. And then, and then you have to... And then let's, let's deal with the trolls. So even in our niche space, in the small audience that we have, a lot of that audience is also troll stuff too. So now you got to deal with that nonsense. So there's a very small subset of a very small subset that actually find the stuff that we do helpful or entertaining or whatever. And right. yeah, like you said, it's, it's a lot of work. Like you, you might find yourself recording for two hours and then when you're done editing and cutting it down, you probably have what a 15 minute video. No, not on that. You might be recording for two hours just to find out the sound ain't, ain't come on the video Yeah. or the right. video didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> That's something so demoralizing. I said, I just try them all. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I, I've done videos and then I'm like, wait, what? I wasn't even, the camera wasn't, on? forget it. Like I, I, I got content. I, I literally have content sitting there, either stuff that I was waiting to, to, to edit or stuff that I just gave up on. And then you have content creators like, um, like shout out to Caleb, uh, studio sec. Like, I don't know how he do it. He every time I turn around, anytime I think about putting out content, he already got a video out on it. Hey, that's that's me. Like, but you know what though? He's young, and I think he don't have kids yet. Yeah, but that's but, how they do it because because day spring is the same way, man. I'm talking a day, sometimes oh, late yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm working on this cloud thing, or he's he, he's always working. I was like, so. Yeah. That's the hard thing is like, shoot, you got babies. Like right now, like I already sent the bat signal like, hey, I'll probably be wrapping this up by like 6.30-ish. Because, you know what I'm saying? It's it just, it just tough. No, I was, I was talking to, I was talking to uh, John Breath about that on one of my episodes. I said, man, I said, I feel like, I feel like we in a young man's game now. <laughs> I, 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 that's, I, what, I, that's what I feel like. I, I feel like the grunt, like another, another reason going back full circle to what we were talking about, about putting in the work. If you put in all that work from now, now you only have to work about what's in front of you. You ain't got to worry about building anymore. Because if I had, right. if I started from now and had to build and do that grind now, I don't think I would. It's sustainable for me. Yeah, right? it, it, it'd be super tough. Because I know yeah. the brief time when uh when I wasn't with my kids briefly, I actually I had so much time. I record, do whatever. But you know, as soon as like everybody's together, it's like okay, cool. let me make sure they sleep. Yeah. Uh, that's why, like, most of the time, I will try to record when it's night. I'm like, that's the only time they sleep. So sometimes, you know, those people could tell you that they talk to me. It's like, man, this dude always working like three in the morning. I'm probably going to sleep, waking up for like seven or eight, you know, work. Cause mm-hmm. I just got, I mean, if I don't do it, then it, it don't come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I told you, I already got like two episodes that's already, this going to make number three. So I, I, I just record and sit on and then put out or figure out how I'm going to market them. So, man. You know, it's cool, but I actually enjoy it. Uh, I welcome the trolls. You know me. That's the reason why. We're going to touch on this why towards the end. It's the reason why I kind of took a step back from Twitter because I welcome the trolls. I, I live for that. I live for all the trolls mess with my friends. <laughs> because. Well, 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 professor, professor Black Ops, I want all the smoke. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I live with all that because, you know. I've noticed they don't say nothing to me or you or JB or whoever. They always mess with the women because they feel like they're easy targets. 
they're really not easy targets, but they feel like, you know, these chose their superior this or that. But when I welcome it, you know, when I when I say I'm ready, you know, I don't hear a pin drop. So they, 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 they'll try it. Some some of them try it. And then you have but then most of them. Yeah. Once once you kind of stand firm and it's like, all right, so what's up? kind of like all right you don't have they don't have that same energy but but i but i see the same thing you're talking about like like especially with the women like even when i'm on my podcast i notice i'll get a lot of downloads votes or dislikes because because of who the guest is right or i'll have people questioning um their their credibility like oh well, what certifications do they have that they can speak on it and to me i think that's it's stupid and it's close-minded because uh you know there are some some great women in the field that that I've one hundred percent that you can learn from, um, and and are and are shining examples of, of how to do things the right way. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like if if we if we probably listen to more of the women tech tech folk, we'd probably be in a better space right now. Oh no, that's facts. I, I want a women on all my teams because they find anything. I've, I've been telling you know my black ladies, hey, listen. Y'all, as much as y'all lurk and stuff like this, come get in cybersecurity, man. <laughs> like companies with info would be safe. Oh, like yeah. oh, for real. Yo, you, you get you get you get a couple of them on some open source intelligence. <laughs> man, what? But like like to what you said about the the women guests is like I remember uh, I'm a mod on uh, shout out to Josh at Keep It Techie. I'm a mod on his channel, and he had a particular guest that I guess I don't. Well, I really don't have nothing against him. I guess they don't see eye to eye to me, but. It was somebody, you know, acting weird in his chat with her. And I, you know, I mute the message. I was like, why are they trying to bring this stuff to this man? That's one of the reasons I don't like to like live stuff too, is because people like that can do something and probably, you know, set off your, your guests the wrong way or something. And then you spending time on like BS, you know? So one of the things I try to sometimes tell a lot of people, it's like, you no, know, don't read the chat. I'll put something up. It's a question. But other than that, you know, if it's not conducive to the conversation, I probably won't show it or try Man, to like address it. On my show, on my show, I tell them straight up, like, listen, you can ask anything, but keep it clean and keep it respectful. And and I'm not listen, I'm not I'm not backed by no corporate entity and I don't have no sponsors. So I will maintain right. that energy. Um I, that that's one thing I feel like if you're gonna be a guest on my show or on my platform. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to protect you, you know, against that. And yeah, some people, I, some comments don't get read and then others get called out. Like I had one where, uh, someone in the comments was trying to like, I guess, shoot, they shot at my guest, And I was like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, she's beautiful. She's this, she's that. I'm like, yeah. And I bet her husband thinks so too. Like, you know, be respectful, mm-hmm. you know? So, right. So, <laughs> We gotta, yeah, we gotta man. do a better job. We gotta do a better job of, of of protecting those marginalized people in the community. Otherwise, they're not gonna want to be in the field at all or speak to their experience. And honestly, they're gonna they're holding themselves back, and it's gonna be a disservice to, to not only them but to the, the tech community in general. Because now you're gonna have these people who don't want to speak because they feel like they need to fight for their existence. And and I know how that felt when I came in and I started doing content creation. And people were like, "Well, oh, you're, you're doing you're, you you did a walkthrough on how to pass a G pen. What qualifies you? What qualifies you to speak on it?" I got the G pen. <laughs> I got the G pen. I got the CISSP. You know, um, too many times we're fighting we're fighting for our own existence to be, 
I'm at someone's table and it's like, you know what, enough of that. Either you gonna bow, not bow down, but either you gonna get with it or we gonna build our own. And then when we build our own, you're gonna complain about that. I, so, I think I think that's the case now, man. I think a lot of said bump that we are the table. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't be caring what none of them people say. I'm like, you know, I think I don't catch a lot of flack because like all my stuff is like, hey, go just go look at my content LinkedIn and see if I got consistency. And if you want to pull something out that I said that was wrong, come holler at me. And well, I, I mean, think I feel like I feel like being vetted. Being I, I I I open I openly tell people to vet me all the time. Because now when you vet me and you see, okay, yeah, he is qualified to speak on it. Now that just reinforces my knowledge. So I, I tell people all the time, if you feel like there's something I said that you don't necessarily agree with, cool, go for it. I may I may be wrong. There may be an easier way to do it. But based on right. my experience, this is what it is. And if you want to question it, I I let's let's put our experience up. We we can do it. We can do it line by line. I guarantee you there's most people out there who won't who, who can't stand with it. <laughs> and I'm not being, I'm not being cocky. I'm not being cocky, but I did the work, so it's like, you know, you're you're the, you want to troll on here? That's fine, that's great. But I'm no, but you know, like going back to the people we were talking about 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 getting in this field and the different points of views. Like, I stop arguing with people who are trying to tell people how to get into a field that they're not even in themselves. Hey, man, right? we could probably like, go. An hour on it, no lie. <laughs> you gonna, gonna argue with me about my point of view about how to get into a field that I've been in and I've sustained for this amount of time, and you're either just getting in or you you're not even there yet. So, you know, I, I stop I, I stop entertaining it because it's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go back to my six figure job, and you're gonna continue to keep lying to the people. That's Thanks, it. and I'm gonna leave with this. I, I one of my last tweets that I that everybody started liking. Because uh, we're going to end it out on this. It was like I told people they fall in love with these people that ain't ever did the stuff they talking about. So, I mean, ain't nothing else to say about it. Like, that's what it is. Like, and that ain't just in tech. Like, I'm on YouTube heavy with different communities. I see frauds all around. I got, I think I got zero tolerance for that. And I call it out when I see it. And I, I don't no respect the person, whether you're nah, you a woman. You know what, I, you know what I've been seeing? Um, a lot of the people, a lot of the loud voices, a lot of the people who have the largest echo chambers, who disagreed with stuff that we were saying, like me, you, uh, shout out to CCIE by 30, Dara J. Flipman. Um, I've seen stuff that even her, right, right. And they have tried, they, they, they don't, like you said, they don't come at us directly, but they do subtweets or whatever. Um, but I've noticed lately a couple of them are now repeating a lot of the stuff that we were saying months ago and coming off like it was their, like it's their own thoughts and their own words. Right. Um, for example, the help desk conversation that we've been having, I can count on maybe one hand, how many people were, 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 were in that, in, in that scrape saying help desk is, is crucial. And everybody else was like, you don't need help desk. You don't need help desk. Now I see people, the same people who were clowning it, now saying, oh, help desk is, is important. So it wasn't important when I said it, but now when you're saying it, right, it's, it's the 50 cent effect, I call it. Mm-hmm. When, 50 cent, when 50 cent came out and he killed Ja Rule, right? And he was like, oh, because Ja Rule's singing all his hooks and all that. And as soon as he pushed Ja Rule out, what, what 50 cent do on his next album? Start, start, singing. Start, singing on, start singing on the hooks. 
It's the, mm-hmm. it's the same concept. Yeah, man. So, it's, this, this stuff is crazy. Be, I'm a, Be careful who you listening to, man. Yeah, man. Um, So... Man, this has been a good episode. We might have to do a part two, uh, honestly. Uh, and maybe it might be live with other people. But um, where can they follow you at on, on Twitter and Instagram again? And uh, I also have your YouTube channel in the description as well. So um, it's djax underscore alpha on YouTube. No, not on YouTube. On Twitter and on um, LinkedIn. Uh, the, the YouTube channel is just Alpha Cybersecurity. Um, and I'm, I actually have a Twitch channel too. Um, it's just DJ DJX120 on um, on Twitch. I'm come. I'm gonna try to do more cybersecurity content, but I'm also trying to get into some gaming content too. Try to break it up a little bit and make things a little a little bit more uh, entertaining. Um, probably do some CTF stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for all of that. And uh, yeah, I got a couple other things coming up down. I'm um, coming down soon. So be- y'all make sure y'all go sub to him. He got some big announcements on the way. Yeah, I got I got one coming up real soon, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, man, appreciate it. y'all. Already know how y'all can tap in with me. Y'all on the channel right now. Um, share this out, like. You know, I might do some membership soon. Who knows? But um, at the end of the day, I appreciate everybody for rocking with me. And y'all know the game. Let's get textual. Yes, sir.